Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go to Chicago, Illinois. What happens when tons of family play a Chris plan a Christmas trip to Paris, but forget their young son who is left home alone? What could, yes. go, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? We are doing home alone one. <laughs> because I remembered that the family was going to Paris. So when I was watching my Home Alone movie and they were going to Florida, I was so confused. And I kept watching a little bit longer. <laughs> and then I realized I was watching Home Alone 2. Well, Ma, don't feel bad because when I finished watching Home Alone, I was like, wait a second, where was the talk boy? That was yeah. where the talk boy that my brother would call Home Alone and he would and he would record it. I could have sworn that the talk boy was from Home Alone. And it yes. turns out it's from Home Alone 2, Lost in New Which York. Is, yeah. Which is one reason why I thought I was on the right place because he had his home alone gadget in home alone <laughs> recording everything and I went, i'm in the right place i could not believe it the talk boy was in home alone too wow because that's my home alone memory and i'm like this is all fraudulent i should have picked home alone too <laughs> said well, no one well, ever i'm 15 minutes into that movie so Okay, Aaron, the particulars, please. Oh, sorry. I'm, I got hot toddy going in every which direction but my mouth. Okay. Home Alone. It had its wide release on November 16th, 1990. It See, was... that's smart for a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the perfect time for a Christmas movie to come out. Yes. Is directed by Chris Columbus. He also, did you know that he wrote Gremlins? Christopher Columbus? Yeah, Christopher yeah. Columbus. Wow. He, He's done a lot. Yeah. And yeah. He, 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 you know, he discovered a lot, but didn't really, because what, how can you could discover something uh -huh. that's already here? Then he got canceled, and then he came back, and he's like, all right, I'm going to write two movies called Gremlins and a movie mm -hmm. called The Goonies. I do mm -hmm. love Gremlins. And I love The Goonies. And then his directorial debut was a movie called The Adventures in Babysitting, which I remember watching oh. a lot as a little kid. And then he also directed Only the Lonely, Home Alone 2. And then listen, like, you know, of course, Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Mrs. Doubtfire, mm -hmm. Nine Months. Oh, my God. The, the saddest movie in my mind of all time, Stepmom. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And he mm -hmm. also directed the movie adaptation of Rent. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, very interesting. It was written and produced by John Hughes, who listened to the movies that John Hughes wrote. <clears throat> Mr. Mom, 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club, National Lampoon's Vacation, National Lampoon's European Vacation, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Some Kind of Wonderful, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and Beethoven. Wow. This wow. guy. The classics. It continues with the classics. The music is by John Williams, who mm-hmm. also did Valley of the Dolls, The Poseidon Adventure, Jaws, Alfred Hitchcock's last film, Family Plot, Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Superman, Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Return of the Jedi, Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, came up with the Harry Potter theme, the Olympics theme, the NBC Nightly News theme, the Meet the Press theme, and the Today Show theme, just to name a few. Wait, this is the guy that did the theme? Yes. Mm-hmm, the music. Oh, my God. Because when we were watching it, Adam was like, what is this song? And I was like, it sounds just like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Which means it just sounds like childhood awesomeness. It sounds like um, a, an Academy Award. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just, it, honestly, it just sounds like John Williams. The director of photography is Julio McCat. He also shot So I Married an Axe Murderer, which was another one of my childhood favorites. Ace Ventura Pet Detective, The Nutty Professor, Wedding Crashers, and Pitch Perfect. Edited by Raja Gosnell, who also edited Popeye, Good Morning Vietnam, Pretty Woman, and Mrs. Doubtfire. And then he went on to direct Home Alone 3, Never Been Kissed, Big Mama's House, Scooby-Doo, and The Smurfs. Mm. The cast. Macaulay Culkin stars as Kevin McAllister. He was also in Uncle Buck, Only the Lonely, My Girl, Home Alone 2, The Good Son, Richie Rich, and Party Monster. Joe Pesci as Harry. He was in, you know, just Raging Bull, Goodfellas Casino, My Cousin Vinny. And the movie that I knew him from, The Super. <laughs> oh, that's just funny to me. Daniel Stern <laughs> as Marv. He was in City Slickers 1 and 2, Home Alone 2, Rookie of the Year. And he's the adult voice of Kevin Arnold in the television classic, The Wonder Years. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't oh. know that. Yep. That's Kevin Arnold. I have a new respect. John Hurd is the dad. He was in After Hours, Big, Beaches, Radio Flyer, and The Sopranos, to name a few. Robert's Blossom was Old Man Marley. He was in The Great Gatsby, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and Escape from Alcatraz. John Candy makes an appearance as Gus Polinsky, who reminded me of the doctor that you took me to look at my subcutaneous cyst removal, because he in the movie, Gus Polanski is a polka. <laughs> yeah. He d- yeah, he, yeah. He's the big polka guy. And I was like, oh, see? Um, he John Candy was also in Stripes, Splash, Cool Runnings, Uncle Buck, Plane Trains and Automobiles, and Only the Lonely. Kieran Culkin, who yes. plays Fuller, he has been in so many movies, and you know him today as Roman Roy on Succession. That's yes. a little fuller. Hope Davis made an appearance as the French flight attendant. 
and mm-hmm. you'll probably she's been in so many things but you'll probably know her um she was tony stark's mother in captain america civil wars and she's just been she's just one of those actresses that's been in so many other things and finally the great Catherine o'hara Ah. as kevin's mom kate she's been in beetlejuice waiting for guffman best in show a mighty wind so many other things she pops up everywhere but she's probably best known right now as maura rose on Mm. schitt's creek amazing yes there are the particulars there they are. Well, the movie starts with a police officer in the foyer of a large, gorgeous house. And he's trying to get the attention of anyone as everybody in this extended family uh, rushes by him and ignore him. Then we go to uh, Catherine O'Hara. She's on the phone. And Kevin is, is mad because Uncle Frank... What's that well, face for? Because Uncle Frank is a, is a dick. Uncle Frank's an uncle. Should, <laughs> his name should be Uncle Dick. He won't let Kevin watch a movie. And so I was feeling sorry for Kevin till he told his mom to hang up the phone. Um, she tells him to go and do something. And he goes, hang up the phone and make me, why don't you? Oh, well. <laughs> My spanking hand was having a hard time. Um, then mom tells Kevin, go pack your suitcase. And he's freaked out because he's never packed a suitcase before. Uh, he is tired of all these people in his house. And he says, when I grow up and get married, I'm living alone. <laughs> his brother Buzz is um, a dick as well. Um, and he's going, I have to sleep with Fuller and Fuller always wets the bed, especially when he's had a lot of soda. So can I sleep in your room, Buzz? And Buzz is just a jerk. Then outside we see old man Marley. He's scraping snow off of the sidewalk and sprinkling salt down so people don't fall. But Buzz tells a story about how he murdered his whole family with a snow shovel. And then he put them in that salt bucket because salt mummifies the bodies. And so Kevin is freaked out about old man Marley. I guess they just don't make snow shovels like they used to. Yeah, because really, (laughs) the way they are now, the bolts are gone before you even try to hit somebody with it. I know, I've tried. Um... (laughs) And Buzz is saying it's just a matter of time before old man Marley murders again. At this point, a pizza car arrives. Now, I want you to know that a lot of this was replicated in Home Alone 2, the (laughs) beginning of the movie. Well, yeah, we got to run it back. Because the pizza dude comes and knocks over the yard jockey. Which, you know what? <laughs> Nobody should have a yard jockey. I don't understand. Anymore. What is what is a yard jockey? Like, what's the purpose? It's just your... Decoration. Oh. It's a, yeah. And, like, oh, you would see I'm not that. opposed. You'd see it. Well, except that they are frequently painted in blackface. I, yeah, I was going to say that it sounds oh, to me well, like... Well, I'm opposed to that one. <laughs> <laughs> this one, it looked like he was all patina. There was no paint on him. 
but it, it's a continuing joke in this movie and in the next movie, Knocking Over the Yard Jockey. Um, he needed, it was the pizza dude, he needed $122.50 for 10 pizzas. That seems like That's a not bad. deal. Oh my God, that's like a great deal. That was like, yeah. And, the, and it was little Nero's instead yeah. of little Caesar. Yeah, so you could probably get you could still get that at Little Caesars for one hundred twenty-two fifty. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Even if you get the stuffed crust, I don't know. Um, so the policeman is still standing there, and he finally gets a hold of the dad, John Hurd, and um, he goes, hey, we're just checking the neighborhood, checking, you know, who's in town, who's leaving town so we can keep an eye on stuff. And um, so, you know, like John Hurd is like, cool, good. So the policeman leaves and then Kevin just wants a plain cheese pizza. And his jerky brother, Buzz, has eaten all of it. And then he has some in his mouth and he spits it out like mama bird like here kevin you can have the end of the cheese pizza do, do the parents not see any of that behavior no they don't see any of that <sighs> so then they get in a fight uh we see fuller who is adorable <laughs> yeah and uh both buzz and fuller say look what you did you little jerk well, because so in kevin, the, he, yeah kevin got um you know, he got pushed to his breaking point, so he snaps back physically at Buzz, which makes him knock over. Because there's so many damn kids and people in this house right now, all eating the pizza, that they knock over the milk or Pepsi onto what? The passports. Who leaves the passports just on the counter like that the night before you're you're leaving, especially with all those people? Uh, well, I would because that's how you're going to make sure you don't forget them. Oh, no, no that goes in your, my neck. Yeah, that goes in your your like purse. <laughs> so I don't forget. Yeah, I put that in when I before I travel, I put out my airplane clothes and then I take my trusty thing that has my ID and everything and I wrap it up and put it in my underwear for the underwear that I'm going to put on so that I know that when I put on my underwear, I put on my ID and there you go. I have everything I need. We're just a little anal about this. <laughs> just a little. Well, Kevin it has to go upstairs, not just upstairs. He has to go to the third floor, the attic, which I got to say looked pretty nice. It there looks was a, super yeah, nice. A queen bed up there. It was already made up. There weren't cobwebs. And also, I don't know this to be true or anything, but have you noticed that the only flag of a city... Okay, I take that back. There's two cities where I can identify that that's the flag of that city. Well, I know one is Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., but that's kind of makes sense because it, it's not... A state it's just residents get taxed without representation which is a whole nother thing um so that kind of makes sense to me it's a district and stuff but chicago i can and because people from chicago love the chicago flag i've noticed it shows up everywhere there's a it was above the bed in the attic it's the oh. white it's got the baby blue stripes on the top and bottom and i think don't get mad at me, Chicagoans. Like three red stars. Oh, I think it's four. Four red stars. 
I'll have to. Uh, that's all, just because I noticed DC is three stars, right? Oh, yes. Okay. I think it's four. Yeah, Chicago has four. Yeah, I think this. Uh, yeah, three... you're right. I think they do love the flag. They love it. It's on everything. Their women's soccer team is called the Red Stars. <laughs> it's everywhere, and I'm like, I don't know New what New York City's flag looks like. I don't know what Los Angeles's flag looks like, but I, I know like that's Chicago. Okay, I'm looking up the Chicago flag. Um, as all of you should do. Oh, yeah. Okay, got See? it. Wow. Yeah. Did you know that will from now on. But you've seen it. You're like, oh, yeah, I've actually seen that. Yeah, I wonder why it's four stars. Because the three in D.C. is D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. I, I, okay, that doesn't... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to guess the four stars have something to do with, like, Native American, First American tribes or something. I hope so. That, that is something like that. I'm sure that's not true. Okay, well, <laughs> we find out the family is leaving tomorrow morning on a trip to Paris for the holidays. Yeah, and so the the brother, somebody's brother is over in Paris and they're, he has two kids that are in college, and so he wants the whole family to be together. So he was paying for the entire family? He was paying for Kevin's family. There were, what, six people in their family? No, seven. Then there was uh, Uncle Frank. Dick's family. Frank, but Uncle Dick. Um, and there were four people in his family maybe five and then and then the college girls and then i mean it was ridiculous so hey cool go ahead um and then um kevin is upstairs and he's pouting and his mom comes up now this might get a little confusing because this again happened in home alone too (laughs) he was sent to the third floor (laughs) Mom comes in to talk to him, and so did the mom say, he, "Didn't we do this already?" They they did <laughs> in Home Alone too. They said we've done this before. That was my first clue that. Well, now it was my second clue. It was my third clue. Uh, but anyway, Home Alone um, two on the titles was it the first clue? No, because I didn't see that flipping two. Okay, well, then mom goes, maybe you should ask Santa for a new family. You'd feel pretty sad if you wake up tomorrow morning without a family. And and he says, I wish they'd all just disappear. Well, there's a huge windstorm that night, and a limb takes out the electricity, and... Um, then the next morning we see a van come up and knock over the lawn jockey again. Two vans are there. They ring the doorbell because they are the vans to take all of these people to the airport, but they had slept in chaos ensues. Everyone is loaded into the van, but there is a neighborhood kid who is over there um, just talking his little heart out. No, he's to the not van talking. Is, he's asking questions. Yeah, he's being really annoying. He auditioned to be Kevin, but he didn't get the part. That's a good, and, good choice. Uh, um, so that neighborhood kid, as one of the um, 
older girls is counting counts his head because mm-hmm. you i mean it's just a mass of people so yeah we have 11 people that's what we need they're running through the airport they just make their flight the kids are in coach and the parents are in first class yeah so do you, to which at this point adam is very much against running in airports and if we were late we would just he was like we would have just missed our flight caught another one we're not running to the airport it's so not running through an airport mr track and field if it, if it was the last flight of the year to get to somebody's funeral he would not run through the airport no he's they're already <laughs> dead what's the hurry at least at least he let you know about it okay as whereas Poppy would be going, hurry up, hurry up. He'd see me running, panting, sweating. Hurry up. Like I'm not already hurrying, dude. Moving on. But he wouldn't be, but somehow my dad wouldn't be running, but he would still be like very fast and in front. Because <laughs> he, I bet he also has a rule of no running in the airport, but he, you would oh, never yeah. see a man walk as fast in your life. And it, that man is gliding. How is he moving so fast? <laughs> It is the next morning. Well, for Kevin, he comes down to an empty house and he's calling all over for his mom. And just when he calls mom, oh, maybe not. Okay. He's searching the house. He goes downstairs. They have the weirdest furnace. Nobody has a furnace like that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, weird. it's a gas furnace that ignites every once in a while, which is kind of freaky, but it has these grates on it that open and close like jaws. And Kevin sees, and that frightens him, he sees the cars are still there. So he thinks, I made my family disappear. And for a minute, he's a little freaked out. Then he smiles. <laughs> I made my family disappear. And it is party time. He go, gets into Buzz's stuff. And there are firecrackers there. He is shooting action figures into the laundry chute with Buzz's BB gun. He's watching an old-time gangster movie. Uh, And in the movie, it says, I'm going to give you to the count of 10 to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump you full of lead. And then we hear machine gun fire. Um. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Mom is on the plane, and she just has this terrible feeling that they forgot something. And so she's going through the things she could have forgotten, and the father's saying, no, we did that, we did that. Didn't close the garage door. That's what it was. And she goes, no, it's something. Then she realizes, it's Kevin. (laughs) They forgot Kevin. So... um, Kevin is having a great time. He's tobogganing down the um, the steps uh, outdoor. The phones are still out of order due to the electrical Snafu. storm, the 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 windstorm that got rid of all the electricity. And she's back on the plane saying, "What kind of a mother am I?" Um, there is a van. Oh, there is a van, but not a van taking people to the airport. It is a plumbing van with two burglars in it. 
And one of the burglars was the policeman from before just scoping out the place. And that's one of those vans that, um, yeah, if you're a kid, you're just taught, at least in my family, that, that do not go near a van like that. They can slide open the door and just take you. Yeah, that was also the time of the sniper that they said had a white van, but he well, didn't. This was but... later, because this is in the this this movie came out in 1990. Yeah, the sniper okay. was like 10 years later. Kevin is watching the real How the Grinch Stole Christmas. There's only one true one, <laughs> and he falls asleep because he's in a snack food coma, and then. Uh, that van pulls into the driveway and goes to the back of the house and it wakes Kevin up and he sees shadows and they're trying to break in the basement and Kevin runs and hides under his parents' bed. And the two, oh, but he turns the lights on and uh, one of the burglars says, I thought you said nobody was home. So they leave because that was, they all the lights were on timers but this was off the timer, so they get freaked out and leave. Okay, we're in Paris. Peter, I guess, is John Hurd, is Peter? Mm-hmm, the father. He is trying, he's calling the police. Remember, they're in Paris and they speak French in Paris. They also speak English, but they don't mind. <laughs> and he's trying to get him on a flight home. And then the mom tells, everybody else call everybody you know see if there's anybody around who could just check in and make sure kevin's okay well everybody is how unbelievable is this that literally nobody could get anybody on the phone right right in 1990 everyone's answering their phone they didn't like caller id wasn't as big plus it was christmas it was somebody calling to say merry christmas you're going to answer your phone yeah and not everybody is away on vacay right um only, oh, so then Kevin is saying to himself, only a wimp would hide under the bed. Kevin had a but come they to couldn't, Jesus. But like the neighborhood, they couldn't call anybody in the neighborhood because all the phones were oh, still the out. the lines were down. That's right. That's what it was. Oh. It wasn't they couldn't get a hold of anybody. All the phone lines were down. Thank you, Aaron. Well, Kevin has a come to Jesus talk with himself, much like I did in a situation where... I had to be resourceful on my own. You were home alone, Ma. I was That's going to be home alone five. Alone. <laughs> and so he's going, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of myself. Um, then Mr. He sees Mr. Marley and he goes back and hides under the covers. Okay. Mom is on the phone with the police saying it's a family crisis. She has to go home to check on him. Um, and so a police officer does go and check and he doesn't, you know, Kevin doesn't answer the door. Everything looks fine. Everything's locked up. And the police says, no one home. The house looks like it's secure. Tell the lady to count her kids again. Mm. Mm. Well, mom decides she's just staying at the airport because she might get on a standby flight. And Kevin has his shower and he's doing his after shower routine which you've all seen and it's adorable um then kevin goes into buzz's room and buzz has those open shelves that are so popular right now that are attached to the wall 
my little tiny clamps. And Kevin wants to be able to go to the store and he knows that Buzz keeps his money in something on the top shelf. So he's climbing those shelves to get to Buzz's money, but all of the shelves collapse and he he's able to get the money, but the tarantula escapes Buzz's tarantula. I was wondering oh. if that was the size of the spider in your Christmas tree, Christine. No, thank God. I <laughs> Christmas is over. Well, then Kevin sees that same robber's van at the Murphy's house. And the, um, the, the robbers are in the Murphy's house. They hear a telephone message saying, um, hey, this is the McAllisters just checking in with you, wondering how you're doing. Could you check with Kevin? So they realize so then that. The, so now, but then, yeah, it doesn't make sense then. How do they leave the message if the phones were down? Unless the phones came back up? I think up? they had just come up at that oh, point. okay. I think they had just gotten working. And the robbers are going, yeah. There's only the kid left in the house. We can do this. And it has been 40 minutes. Nice. Oh, wow. Yes. And so much more ensues. So we have, a, it's time for our POC, people of color count. Okay. There so must have been some in, in the airport or somewhere. Probably in the background, there was the ticket counter when they were going to miss the flight. That was a black woman. And then you have a poster and a cutout of Michael Jordan. Yes. And a poster of Ice T in Buzz's room, which in 1990, I would say that is quite progressive for Buzz's parents to, they must not be familiar with, uh, with the old cop killer because at that time, that's what Ice T was known for. And. I just know that um, a certain segment of the population was not a fan of that. And, and I would think that the this Chicago suburb would be that. Yeah, that was something that stood out I to feel me. Like didn't. I feel like the parents wouldn't know, though. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I, agree I don't think well. they wouldn't know, and he would like the music, so they And I He probably had the edited, the edited CDs from Walmart. And Ice T is very light skinned, so he was in, just in a baseball cap and stuff. I think that yeah, there weren't any questions. But to me, I was like, wow, that's a poster of Ice T. Now, as far as power of cast, when Catherine O'Hara is at the ticket counter in France, trying to get a ticket back to the United States, she becomes rather agitated. If that had been a black woman getting that agitated, I do believe the security would have come over. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. 100%. So she, so she got away with that because of her cast. Well, also in power <laughs> of cast, just the, I mean, we know because of how the movie unfolds, but at the beginning, there's a cop. If there was a cop, just in the foyer, foyer, foyer of the house. And just, just, uh, I, I just don't see how a cop is just going to stand there in the house with the kids all well, running around. Yeah, that's, 
And nobody no. pay anything. Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, reheat the bowls. Unless anybody else has power cast or POC count. No. I just think that if there's a cop in the in your house, like you're gonna know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the but kids were is... just running around. Like there's a. They didn't know that. Like we know that it's Joe Pesci, and then you know because we've seen the posters and whatever. So it's the suspension of disbelief or whatever. But if there's a real cop, the the kid, the first kid who saw, like there's a cop in the what? At least that. At least to me, I would freak out. But that's the power of cast. But I would think that a true police officer presence would would bring that attention as well i mean joe pesci was standing there like a total wimp yeah not not requiring anyone's attention whereas a true police officer if he had a reason to be there would grab one of the kids and say get your parent here right away yeah he would shut down the whole house yeah. or if if he was a a really, really bad cop just do doosh, two shots into yeah. the air. Do I have your attention now? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so negative reheatables. I'm going to wait. Um, I said, how did nobody in the house wake up before 8 a.m.? Yeah, like, those kids. That was unbelievable to me. Literally no one in that 25-person house woke up before 8 a.m. Well, maybe because there are so many kids and they needed them all to get to sleep and have a good night's oh, sleep. Wow. What if, and you know where I'm going, Ma. The drug them. Because then they were going to on a, a six-hour flight. Yeah, they yeah, drugged them. I hope everyone's drinking milk. I'm mm -hmm. trying to get rid of it. Maybe and she drugged them in the she milk. She had just mm -hmm. popped in a bunch of Benadryl into that milk. Uh-huh. So mm -hmm. yeah, even so, there were still like five or six adults there, at yes. least four. Um, running through the airport, I already talked about that. <laughs> what? There's a scene where Kevin's mouthing the words to White Christmas. Mm -hmm. What little kid knows all the words to White Christmas? What eight-year-old knows all the words to White Christmas? <laughs> oh my. God. Because I watched it every year and I made them listen to it. Mm -hmm. and then uh, okay. there were the tapes of the Christmas songs. Yeah. I mean, okay. Teeny, you've you've spent enough Christmases with us where you know about the CD. It's the Christmas CD that has been the Christmas CD what? for 40 years. <laughs> like, we just started. Okay, okay, well, <laughs> I stand corrected. Uh, uh, whose idea was it to have the whole family together the night before leaving for a family vacation? Like, that yeah. was stupid. Agreed. Yeah. Especially with Uncle Frank, the dick. Yeah. Um, I guess those are mine. Do you want me to go? Yes. I okay well I already mentioned it and we discussed it but the passports just out willy-nilly just <laughs> leaving anything to chance people who leave passports out do not know the words to white Christmas I'm just saying <laughs> people who run in airports do not know the words to white Christmas <laughs> that's me 
Um, let me see. Oh, well, okay. So, but back in the day, when your power went out, if you weren't highfalutin and fancy and, and on your game and had a battery backup, that would mess things mm -hmm. up if the power mm -hmm. went out in the middle of the night and that was your alarm clock. Yeah, that is true. It's like now, yeah. you know, you got your your alarms on most people's on their cell phone. If the power goes out, there's still juice in the cell phone, so it it'll snap in. But that I that was like ooh. I think it's a dreary day. It was a dreary day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Winter, December in Chicago. Um, the brother paying to to fly the the kid, like the parents. And so did the parents up because he's flying everyone over. I assume. No, that he, I think he did. I think he did four adult first class and all the rest coach kids. But then and first. Go ahead. Well, OK. But then when they're on the plane, how was it a kid like like getting the flight attendant's attention to be like, um, I seriously need to tell my mom something. My brother yeah. isn't here. Like none of the kids noticed first and okay. Yeah, they were all in different seats and they didn't give a shit about Kevin. Yeah, they didn't give a shit about Kevin. Yeah. That's the truth. Well, a negative reheatable right there is parents leaving those kids unattended mm -hmm. i mean kevin is quite a precocious kid fuller seems to yeah. be equally precocious i would be stuck in the row with them going where are their parents yeah oh they're up in first class mm -hmm. drinking the free champagne and then when they get to france though he didn't spend the money to put them up in a hotel they're all staying in his french apartment well, maybe, it looks to be a very big one, though. a very nice one. Yeah, or maybe they are part of my new fascination, Escape to the Chateau. <laughs> Have you seen it? No. Is this Escape a to the Chateau? It is a British couple, family. Wait, is this a scripted show, a reality no, show? No, it's, it's, it's not. It's like a reality show. They, this couple bought a chateau in France. Did I say a chateau? I don't know what a chateau a, is, honestly. It's a big ass house. Oh, like a castle? It's like, like a, a Downton Abbey. Oh. It's five levels. There's a moat. Oh. And they, they, okay. Uh, moving on. Because well, so I they can go escaped? on. Today. So what's the reality? Are they like just... renovating it? Yeah. Or... Yes, because it was all run that. down. And they're renovating it, you know, like room by room because they but it costs this this chateau, forty five rooms. Forty big ass house. Five floors. Moat. I mean it looks like a castle. Two big turrets for like three hundred 280 English pounds, which comes to like 330 American dollars, 330,000 American dollars. Yeah, but what is like, what is the Wi Fi cost for that thing? Right. The electricity, right, 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 right. the water, yeah. the heat. But it's a chateau in free. Okay, moving on. It's got to anyway. be drafty. I don't think the uncle had a chateau. Do you have other negatives? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, 
in the McAllister's house, this might be controversial on this podcast, but um, what was with all of those trees inside the house? You know how they have those little trees? There was a little tree in the hallway, then there was all these little trees in all of the rooms. They just had a lot of those little indoor trees. Mm-hmm. I, I thought decorations. Nice to They're thought decorations. When you have a big house like that, you decorate like that. I've okay. Been told. True. Okay. Are they are they real or are they hmm. just fake yeah. trees? They could be. They could be real or they could be um, artificial. I'm sure the ones on the movie set were artificial. Probably. Um, the oh, when they had to run through the French airport because they had to get to the payphone, and then when she gets out what was a huge it looks like the count of monte cristo book i'm reading and it was her address book and she had to hand it over i'm like yeah I think you brought that with you but you had yeah. to because Back otherwise in the day. you wouldn't it's not like you had a phone to have all of your phone numbers exactly in it. you had to carry yeah, that you had a couple important ones down you had a couple important ones down you're not going to need everybody's yeah numbers. i agree i wouldn't have taken my entire but address. she's a businesswoman. Look at she's she's got five kids that she's got to take care of. And you, she's not doing a great job. She's right about because that. Because she can't have mom. it all. She she realizes <laughs> she can't have it all. She can't pay okay. for this house and these kids and run a business. Um okay. In the French chateau apartment, did you see their Christmas tree? No. It was a it was a white tree with like blue. It was a white and blue tree. I didn't hate it. It was I was is that the only Christmas tree in the house? Cuz that's a that's a choice. If that's the I want to tell you that in Home Alone 2, Kevin does go on about not wanting to go to Florida because he wants to see Christmas trees. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. Mm. And they say, well, we can get a we can get a, an aluminum one. Those aluminum ones back in the 70s, they were aluminum Christmas trees. Oh wow. And then you'd put the strobe light under it with the with the color wheel, and then it would strobe different colors on the aluminum Christmas tree. That's fun. That seems like that should have come back. But that's it, I probably will next year. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. Also, no talk boy. But yeah, that was in Home Alone 2. And okay, here's my final one. How is this movie longer than 11 minutes and 38 seconds? Because that is the point where Kevin calls his mother a dummy. Yeah. And... (laughs) That that would be the end of the movie. I just paused it and was like, "This movie continues." Oh my god, that's this so point? funny because I was like, "That's an actual conversation." I would have, I was Kevin. I would have gone there. I would have said that. I would have. We would have had that exact interaction. And you would have lived to tell the tale. Yeah, because I was like, I mean, bar- no, I mean, barely. It's not like I came out great out of that. But I was the one who went there. I was that kid. Let me tell you, 
You notice how- I love to tell my mom I hate her. I love to tell her I hate her. Wow. Oh my god. Oh man. I know. Man. You know you say hateful things and then you come right back. It's the... Then dad comes in and makes you cry and then it's- <laughs> Yeah! Oh, I, well, my parents showed me Labyrinth probably at too early of an age. So I always loved my brother from then on. Cause that movie was just because she hated her brother who was a little baby and i remember seeing that and i was like i will never i will never ever i would never do such a thing i will never go on such adventures because i would never wish such a thing but yeah you notice how like the father was downstairs and she he calls her the dummy and before like I know that Ma's hand would have, like, hurt, you know, you're, you already referenced it. Her hand would have been itched, and before she even could have, the man who won't run in an airport would have done go-go gadget beating arm and just grab, like, that's it. You would have been gone. No one would have ever heard from Kevin McAllister ever again. He would have just disappeared, and no one would say a word. Just instant death. I cannot... I cannot imagine saying that to my parents and living to tell such tales. Yeah, his because because puppy has large hands, long fingers for playing the piano. <laughs> Man, that hand would appear out of nowhere, nowhere, and just pat him up by the belly and say, "Boy." It would be like the cartoons where the hand comes out of nowhere, grabs the belly, and then his eyes are just the only things left as his body leaves. <laughs> and then the eyes snap back. And you're like, oh. I mean, I, I was just willing to take the consequences. I knew it was coming. I'll take, I was the one. If you're going you're gonna to spank me, I'll laugh about it. Spank me harder. I'll laugh. Wow. Man. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Then I got the door taken off the hinges and... <laughs> I was mean. Oh, wow. my Christine. I would have just needed, they just had to but look. They were, mean like they were mean right back to me. It was not one-sided. Exactly. I understand. It's not like I could speak my piece. I got the mean right back to me. <laughs> we all need that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listeners, it. take a big gulp on that. Yeah, we are really. My mom and I are really good at knowing exactly how to make each other really mad. Oh wow! Well, like yeah. we know, you know, I know what to say to get under there, and I'm going to say it because she's, you know, if there's one person you could say that to, it's your mom or your daughter, you know. So we don't do it to anybody else. Oh my! So you get it out with each other, and then you're good to the rest of the world, you know. That's the way I see it. I'm the opposite. Fuck the rest of the world. <laughs> To those to those people of my immediate family, nothing but the nothing but I the mean, best. I mean, I guess that's the right way to be. <laughs> nothing but the, the kindest. All all my parents had to do to me was just look disappointed, and that sh uh, that just destroyed my just soul. Quiet get, his getting quiet would just just devastate everybody. I mean, I'd be devastated when he did that to you. You'd be devastated when he did it to me. We kind of laughed when he did it to Adam. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't well. us. <laughs> well, Adam didn't really care, hence the hand. He, yeah. He, Adam was just like you, Chris. Yeah. He's going to dig around. Are those all your negatives? Yes. 
Okay. Well, I had the lawn jockey because it does remind me of, you know, blackface. Oh, dang. I just took it as a statue, a yard statue. I, I couldn't see what it really was. I was like, it's like having a flamingo in your yard. Well, they have since, you know, like if it's a painted lawn jockey, they, they have a mix of ethnicities now, but that was always... Back in the day, that was always the thing. Okay. I think that the lawn jockeys okay. maybe have been replaced by the Bigfoot. I like the Bigfoots. I like the Bigfoot up the street from us. Mm-hmm. He has a Christmas hat on now. Mm-hmm. Um, tile countertops. I mean, this was a big, expensive, million dollar, over million dollar house. Mm-hmm. And they had tile countertops. Grout. Yeah. The grout the dirt in the grout on a i couldn't roll out a pie crust on that well i'm guessing that she's not the one cleaning that house oh there's that um talking back to mom as we've done aerosol deodorant oh yes yeah that was a thing Mm -hmm. and then buzz and uncle frank are equally disgusting to me well the, the whole family is just like that's one of the things when i remember watching it as a little kid being like oh kevin's kind of being a jerk but now watching it as an adult i'm kind of like your yeah your family does suck buddy yeah 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 um i would never let an uh aunt or uncle talk to my kids the way that uncle frank talked to kevin well, I no. probably would, and then I'd go into my room and, you know, <laughs> you, get you... my flask or something. <laughs> oh, I so want to say something, but I daren't. <laughs> okay, positive readables. <laughs> um, the theme song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this, all the music was good. But, uh, well, this one was from Adam. And he said Buzz's room. He had an iced tea poster, a BB gun on the wall, a girl in a bikini, yeah. a tarantula. <laughs> um, so just his whole room. A laundry chute. Let's not forget the, Playboy, the Playboys in the room. Yes, the Playboys. Um, a laundry chute. Yes, a what laundry chute. Great, reheatable. Just throw all that shit down there and nobody coming great. over can see it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Kevin's jacket with the gloves attached to it. That's yes. a great idea. I would like one of those now. Mm-hmm. Well, you have, they just, you just attach the string to it. You can do it yourself. I don't have loops on my jacket. No, they didn't have don't loops. Need it's just oh. a string that goes through. So you put it in your, the sleeves and it goes back. It goes all the way through. Yeah. From sleeve to sleeve. Well, I don't want anything that hard to do he just had them dangling from the sleeve yeah he did but they were dangling because he's wearing because they're in his jacket and when you put the jacket on the strings already in there oh i thought they were like buttoned to his sleeves oh okay oh well maybe i I need to look into that i remember as a kid having the the strings and you would put the strings and then you're like put the jacket in it's because your mother had been a teacher Uh uh-huh you know had dealt with so many missing mittens yeah (laughs) The tarantula scream. Yes. Which is that tarantula was 
the tasty nugget, he didn't really scream there because mm-hmm. the tarantula would be scared if he screamed while he was on his face. And he only did the take one time. But it's so uh, good. He pantomimed that so good. so good. Yeah. Because that's a uh, big open mouth with a tarantula on your face. What's to yeah, stop that? I would have done, done that more than once either. I have to say, I am less afraid of tarantulas than I am of, like, the littler spiders. I think Mm -mm. because they're just bigger. Well, they're easier to see. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, doesn't change my opinion. Um, The parents' alarm clock, just because, was there, like, one place to buy alarm clocks (laughs) in the 80s and 90s? Radio Shack. (laughs) And they all look the same single person have that same alarm clock mm-hmm. they still did in home alone too <laughs> and they still do it um 29 12 laurelwood drive at matthews i'm pretty sure my parents still have or use that same one 7623 king uh, and those are mine i have snow for christmas mm. yes Mr. Marley. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, being able to be precocious enough to come up with those ideas. He's a downright I, genius. Yeah, agreed. Um, less than $20 for all the groceries he bought. He had yeah. toilet paper in there. Yeah. Um, it's a Wonderful Life in French. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And just him being able to be self-sufficient enough to take care of what he needed to take care of at the time. When he was home alone. Home alone. Is that Okay. I have micro machines. Oh, yeah. We still have some downstairs. I can't get rid of them. Great. The the kid that's asking all the questions, that was my brother. Yes. That's what he would do. Yes. He did that. And, yes, he did. And he would get very mad if you didn't answer him. And then I'd be told I was going to cause him to stutter because <laughs> I didn't answer every one of his questions. Um, Miracle on 34th Street. Because we we did that movie maybe last year. And I was like, that's Miracle on 34th Street. Um, I like I did like Uncle Frank though when he was in first class and he realized that the salt and pepper shakers were real crystal and he was like put them in your purse put them in your purse <laughs> like oh Uncle Frank that sled slash toboggan is that still on the porch it's still on the porch waiting for a good snowfall I'm like we have that we didn't really use that because we got it after the huge blizzard of '96 that we mentioned in the Fargo podcast. Bought that because we were we got this great hill that's near us. Never snowed again. <laughs> that has never, it has never been out in the snow. I don't think it's a great um, a piece of porch, point on the porch. porch decor. <laughs> um, John Candy, just great heatable. Yes. When Kevin is decorating his Christmas tree that he cut down and how he put all the big balls at the top. Love that. Um, I like how this movie, 
I remember loving it as a kid, watching it, which I'll get into. That's the reheatable is coming up, but it's like a it's like a kid die hard, you know. It's like it's an action movie for kids. Um, the party scene, how Kevin was that's so smart for an eight year old to come up with the whole police system and everything. I love the, this just shows how old I am, but the cartoon violence of everything. Like, it was just a live-action cartoon. Back in the old days. And then I remember seeing this. This is 1990. We were living in Germany. So back in the day, movies, we, we there was one screen, giant auditorium. You had to stand for the national anthem at the beginning of every film. And... When this movie came, what was it? It was probably in May or June because they we always got the movies late, which see, I, I bet now they probably fast forward and, and send movies out to bases and stuff. But in 1990, it was yeah. like, whatever. Nobody, nobody cares. There was no thank you for your service. Yeah, there was no, you're over there. So we had heard about Home Alone. Because it came out in November, so we had heard about it for months, about how awesome the movie was. Because people would would come into Germany having already seen it. Right, and kids would be talking about it, and you would get, we would get things like the Today Show, but it would be a day later, and you know, so we would know what was going on in the States, as we called it, the States. And so when (laughs) Home Alone came to Bad Kreuznach, it was, it was oh, it like was. the biggest thing that I remember happening okay. in that town. We, everybody, everybody went to the show to see it. And it's just, yeah. it was just like basically a glorified gymnasium with a big, I mean, it was a movie theater, but you know, just a big room and it was packed and it was so much fun because everybody loved it. And so all of the the pratfalls, all of that, it was just just seeing that with all those people reacting in a packed house of just howling, laughing. Like you had to go back and see the movie again because you missed half the lines because you couldn't hear because everybody was just howling and having such a good time. Outstanding. Okay, we are to quotables. There are several that Kevin did that aren't great. (laughs) um kevin says when those guys come back i'll be ready a lovely cheese pizza just for me i think we're getting scammed by a kindergartner oh instead of presents i just want my family back (laughs) <laughs> That's what <laughs> I remember when somebody sent that text early in the Christmas season. <laughs> Not for a guy in the second grade. You can get up beat up for a thing like that when he was talking about the sweater his aunt had sent him. Mm-hmm. Well, I have the second part of that. He says, Yeah, I had a friend who got nailed because he was wearing a because there was a rumor he wore dinosaur pajamas. <laughs> second grade. It can be rough. You guys give up or are you thirsty for more? He ad-libbed that line. Mm-hmm. Others? Oh my gosh, I see something I didn't do. Oh. Go ahead. All I wrote was 
Buzz, your girlfriend, Wolf. And that was actually the picture of what the producer's son, like yeah. a girl dressed like a girl. It was a yeah. boy. They didn't want to like, be too mean. Because mm-hmm, he didn't want to. The director, Chris Columbus, didn't want a girl to, um, like, what what did he say? Have her looks be um, made fun of or something. Yeah, he didn't want to. Which I guess at the time was progressive. Yeah. But these days, you know. To feel bad about her looks. Because when I saw it, I put that down as a bad reheatable until right. I got to that tasty. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for like the little actress who that's who it is. And she's the wolf. And then it's like, no, he put a boy in. I was like, oh, oh that, wow. Good thinking there. <laughs> that was the only one I wrote down. Um, I have, oh, of course, keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> and this one did make me laugh really hard. Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. Because <laughs> yeah. he was going to beat and, it just, and he's just drinking all his Pepsi. Um, I like this one. I took a shower washing every part with actual soap, including my major crevasses. But he says crevices including between my toes and my belly button, which I never did before, but I sort of enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I think, did you already say this is my house? I have to defend it. Oh, and Uncle Frank on the plane after Kate realizes she forgot Kevin and he's like, well, if it makes you feel any better, I forgot my reading glasses. <laughs> yeah. He's a dick. Um, and oh at one point i think oh kevin says did i burn down the joint because he was like messing with something that he shouldn't have been and those are my quotables quotables okay lvp that's what i'd forgotten to do and i just did one anybody else lvps well mine might be a little what go ahead mine might be a little controversial Mm. Uh, having that many kids, <laughs> I'm sorry, if you have enough, that many kids that you could potentially forget one and not notice, you got too many. I agree. Mm, I agree as I well. Agree. That's a good point. It segues nicely into mine, which is very similar, probably could be a bit controversial, but I say Kevin's entire family, except from her, for his mother, and I only say except for his mother, and that's completely based on Mora bias because it's Catherine O'Hara so I can't be like oh she sucks but the rest everyone in his family kind of really sucks mm-hmm. and mine is in this family talking back like that was okay <laughs> instead of getting your teeth knocked that's, well that's because she has too many kids it would be like in the it happened on 5th Avenue you'd be exhausted from beating all your kids for talking back <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> Okay, so MVPs. Uh, I had Mr. Marley and reconnecting with his family. I thought that was very nice. A nice touch. Yeah. I had Kevin's use of his time at home alone. Like, the first, when he's just, like, partying, he did a great job of, like, making sure he utilized every second that he had 
you know, he didn't just sit in front of the TV. He, he sat sure in front did. of the TV and ate ice cream, but then he went sledding. He did all the things he could never do. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And clever enough to think of all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, again, makes me like his family is holding him back, honestly. <laughs> uh, my my honorable mentions would be John Hughes. Because, man, he was just on a hot streak. Mm-hmm. And Macaulay Culkin. Because he really carries this film. Um, it's very daunting to say that, okay, we're going to have an eight-year-old carry this film. And he's going to be on the screen alone a lot. You know, how many things have we seen with child actors where there's just... But there's just something about him. And... Because he was precocious enough for you to go, that's a lot to deal with. But that precociousness is what got him all those ideas to be able to be successful um, thwarting the, the burglars. Mm-hmm. And the, like the scene with the, um, who was it, old man Marley, how he just yeah. dropped some wisdom on him. It was just like, yes. yeah, you, why don't you call your son? Like, <laughs> you know, and so he had like heart and that kind of stuff. Also, I really do admire his um, thoroughness in picking out a toothbrush, asking <laughs> if it was approved by the American Dental Association, because that is very important. But the real MVP, I have two of them, and it is Troy Brown, who is Joe Pesci's stuntman, and Leon Delaney. Who was Daniel Stern's stuntman? Because there is no CGI oh. in this. And when they did those, they, that's that became a whole thing. The Home Alone fall. When you slip on ice and you don't just fall, but your feet go all the way up in the air right. and you land right. on your back. Yeah. All of that stuff that they did, that's them doing it. And kudos to them because when they were filming it they said that they didn't laugh because they didn't laugh until the stuntmen would come over and look at the playback because they were like they we've killed him they're dead oh my gosh because they at first they tried to do it with harnesses and it just didn't work you could you could see the harnesses and so they just went all out for it and Like the iron to the head? Um, well, I, I'm sure that that wasn't a real iron, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, but like all the physical I didn't falls know he, wore, he wore rubber feet when he was walking on the tar. Yeah. And, yeah, that was so disgusting. And out in the snow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, I have so many tasty nuggets. There were a gazillion tasty nuggets. I had to limit myself. We are to recasting. <gasps> I didn't do a recasting. I only did Kevin oh and my Mom. God. I didn't do one. Okay. That's okay. It was really hard because, I mean, like you said, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you top that well i did a gender reverse Mm -hmm. i wanted my kevin to be a little girl a little a black little girl 
that she could be that clever. Mm -hmm. So I chose Faith C. Herman because we don't have a lot of choices. And she is the youngest little girl on um, This Is Us. Okay. So instead of having the mom fight to get back to her, we have the dad, who is her dad on This Is Us, Sterling K. Brown. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I get it. I I honestly forgot about the recasting, but then there's been so many of these Home Alone movies that I was shocked. Like I, I knew about Home Alone 2, but then there was Home Alone 3. I think there's yeah. been like Home Alone 4. Five. There's been so many of them, and it's just hard to cast because it's it really depends on that you need to find another Macaulay Culkin. So it's like, you need to find another Judy Garland. Okay. (laughs) You need to find another uh, Natalie Wood, you know? They they don't just grow on trees. And I also kind of feel bad because, like, Macaulay Culkin is younger than me by a week or something. So we're basically the same age. And to just think... It was, and that's really weird when I think about it. Watching the movie when I was ten, he seemed like such a little kid. That to me, he's and he's always a kid, you know. And then you're, but just having all of that fame, and how his life was completely different than normal kids' life, and everything that you give up when that happens. I think there's a. I think it's a documentary on HBO. I think child actors or child stars that's about it. And it's just wild. So just thank you, Macaulay Culkin. Cause, uh, it, it really set your life in a different direction. And I hope yeah. that you're okay with it and that you're happy that that's what happened. Cause I don't think you really have that much of a say when you're eight, you can be like, yeah, I really want to do right. it. And he was really right. good at it. Um, but then you know, that just it just has to be super hard to be so famous for something that you did at eight years old. Yeah. Like I was thinking, you know, if he meets a new bunch of people, how many of them ask him to do the the aftershave thing, you know, smacking his face and going, oh, mm-hmm. you know, that, oh, that God, yeah. get really old. And especially when you're when, you know, when he was 16 17 going through that well now i'm not a kid like and now i'm not the cute macaulay culkin now i'm i'm an adult and everybody saying like oh you're not a kid anymore you're not the cute kid and having to navigate that and then figure all that out and then having just people in your life when you're eight years old that you're the boss and you're making all of this money when usually Mm -hmm. it's the parents and so like all of your relationships to everything just getting turned on your head and you have nothing to compare it to because it all happened to you before you knew what to compare anything to wild and now he has a a cover band a pizza themed cover band Mm -hmm. called the pizza underground which I thought was funny since pizza and the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little Nero's. Little Nero's. Well, we are two tasty nuggets. No, we've, we skipped nerd alerts. 
I completely skipped nerd alerts. Back that was supposed to be after people of color. Yeah. I am so sorry. Is that the thing where you got your panic face on and was like, I forgot something? No. That was no, I forgot to do MVP LVP. No, I just skipped it. Oh man. Nerd alerts, Aaron. Well, Nerd Alerts just set the scene for 1990 when this movie came out. Douglas Wilder was elected the first African-American governor, and that was for governor of Virginia. Um, The president of the United States was George H.W. Bush. In 1990, smoking was banned on cross-country flights in the United States. 1990. Wow. Wow. Uh, Nelson Mandela was released from prison after 27 years in prison in South Africa, um, a little-known author named J.K. Rowling's got the idea for Harry Potter on a train. Oh, 1990. West Germany and East Germany decided to get things back together. That I was like, oh man, like 1990 was a very stressful time to be. Um, on a military base in Germany because you had that and then you had a little situation going on in Iraq where Iraq, uh, what did they, they invaded Kuwait. So we were on the brink of war. You're on the brink of war. You got um, the country that you're living in, everybody, like you're in West Germany and everybody's like, oh, re- reuniting with the East? What is, wh- how is this going to go? Oh my gosh. Uh, the first known web page was written. Oh my gosh! In 1990, wow. you had so the top movies. This was the top movie: Home Alone, Ghost, Dances with Wolves, and Pretty Woman. It was a pretty good oh, year. Wow. And then also in 1990, there was the killing of an African American man. He was his name was Oliver Beasley. On January 23rd, 1990, he was 27, an Air Force veteran. He was shot and killed by police following a traffic stop in Los Angeles. And that sparked clashes between the Los Angeles police and the Nation of Islam. And there were already high tensions. And then if you fast forward... A year and a couple of months in March 1991, the LAPD beat Rodney King. So it's kind of setting the whole thing. Like, tensions were very high. So, yes, look into that, Oliver Beasley. There are the nerd alerts. Okay, I'm so sorry I missed them. And now we are to Tasty Nuggets, I believe. Well, I feel like we probably read most of the same things, but my big tasty nugget that I wanted to talk about was the conspiracy theory that Elvis was in the movie. Yes. What? Yes. Oh my God. Did you not read this, Aaron? No. Okay. So, you know, in the scene where, um, where she's in the airport and she's made it to Scranton, the mo- uh, mom, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I've been everywhere. I don't even. Where am I?" It's right before she gets in the truck. Yeah, with the polka players. Um, there's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So 
I don't know if you can Google this. I don't know how to show this to you. Um, present now. I wonder if you can see it. Oh, here. Okay. Can you see my screen? Oh, wait. Can you see my screen? Yes. Oh, oh my God. Okay. How did you do that? Yes. Can you see that? Oh, so the dude with the beard back there is supposed to be That's Elvis? Elvis? People think that that's Elvis. Um, and, and then, like, all these, you know. Okay, I see the eyes. Hair. Yeah, because, like, he didn't really have black hair. He dyed his hair black. Um, uh, but, yeah, there's this whole conspiracy theory that Elvis was still alive and that that's Elvis. And it would, so... I just loved that. I thought that was hilarious. But it did come to a conclusion that it wasn't Elvis. It was some... Um, I don't know that... Oh, I don't know. I didn't read any conclusion. I did. <laughs> the jury I, is well. still out for Christine. You, you okay. don't think that yeah, Elvis... Yeah, jury's still out for me. Elvis... Wouldn't Elvis allegedly die in 1977? 1980? 77, yeah. 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 Okay. But... Really, like Elvis did a whole comeback. You don't think that in in the forty three years since that Elvis wouldn't have been like, "Ha ha, got you guys, I'm back." Like, well, and there was a thing like, uh, you know, uh, Macaulay Culkin had just recently been singing "White Christmas," and he did like kind of some Elvis moves, and Elvis also did a version of "White Christmas," and. He just apparently like really loved film, so like they, you know, he, that he's just happy being an extra. Um, he's faked his death, and because he still loves show business, he's an extra in Home Alone. Wow, <laughs> just in Home Alone. <laughs> well, yeah. Wow. Well, hey. Okay. All right. I believe it. Elvis was Didn't in Home Alone. Didn't see that one coming, did you? I did not. Well, I have that Macaulay Culkin. You know the map of all the uh, of all the traps. Yes, he drew that map himself. Really? I'm sure they told him, okay, you know, divide it like this and put this in it. But yeah, he drew that himself. But it was that's pretty good. Um, the movie, the gangster movie, Angels with Filthy Souls, was not a real movie. I know. I just found that out. I thought that it was a real movie. When I, I, when I started it watching it, I was too. like, oh, we should do this movie. I, I did too. The The house, their, um, their house in Winnetka, Illinois, uh, 2012, it sold for $1.58 million. Mm -hmm. I, I think that the um, tile countertops had been upgraded the part of uncle frank was written for kelsey Grammer. oh yeah and then mr marley's hand when we first meet mr marley he has like a gnarly cut on yes. his hand and it's wrapped in gauze oh, yeah. and there's a whole lot of blood and then when we see him in the church uh, talking to Macaulay Culkin, he just has a Band-Aid on it. Mm -hmm. And then when we see him embracing his son at the end and he waves to Macaulay Culkin, it's all healed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I got goosebumps just now talking about it. Oh, it there was, 
it made me it creeped me out when he put his hand on the counter and it was all bloody and stuff yeah, i yeah. was like oh are you buying bandages my man um there were so many more but i stopped with those well i didn't so okay tell us um, the director of photography, he wanted to mimic the a kid's view, so he used a lot of wide angles and placed the camera slightly lower than it usually is placed for films. Mm. Um, he he was of Italian descent, so Christmas time he liked a lot of warm colors. So in the house, it has a lot of red. It, the house actually looks like a, a Christmas present. The wallpaper and everything, and there's lots of reds. But then when they too much wallpaper. Yeah, there was a lot. Then when they go to France, it becomes colder and more blue. Hence Mm. the white and blue Christmas tree. Um, The movie, Mm. the budget of the movie. So at first it was going to be a Warner Brothers, but Warner Brothers told John Hughes, we'll give you 10 million. And so when he went about, you know, planning everything out, he was like, man, it's going to be. It's going to be more than 12 than 10 million. So I've read accounts where Warner Brothers upped it to 14, but it ended up they were going to it was going to be 14.9. So usually if a movie is at another studio from from what I've kind of gleaning and heard, um there's sort of legal ramifications. You, other studios, you know, cuz it's a whole bunch of uh everybody's in competition with each other. So you can only, I think, look at another project once a studio officially puts a project in turnaround. But John Hughes somehow clandestinely delivered a script to somebody he knew at 20th Century Fox. And so they read it and they loved it. And they said, look, if because John Hughes had a feeling that Warner Brothers wasn't going to budge and he wanted to make the movie how he wanted to make it. And so and he knew it was going to be a hit. So. 20th Century Fox people said, look, if they put it in turnaround, we'll do it and we'll give you the money. And so sure enough, Warner Brothers wouldn't budge on increasing the budget. And so they put the movie in turnaround and the and the very next day, 20th Century Fox picked it up and was like, no problem, we got it. And I think it ended up costing 18, I've read 18 million, I've also read 15 million, that was the budget, which at the time wasn't a you know, it was a, a moderately to low level budgeted film. You know, it wasn't, we're not talking about the equivalent of Terminator 2 or anything. And it Ugh. ended up spending 12 weeks at number one, which mm-hmm. was crazy. Wow. It ended up grossing $470 million worldwide up until when The Hangover 2 came out. It was the highest grossing comedy of all time. Wow. Wait, and the Hangover 2 beat it, not the Hangover 1? Yeah, the Hangover 2. Mm, bummer. Yeah. Oh, so I came across a an oral history from Chicago Magazine in 2017, and that's where I got a lot of these tasty nuggets from. So John Hughes, he the idea came to him very organically, he was actually planning his first, um, they were preparing for a family trip and he got this idea of, because he was like us, ma, and like writing down all the stuff and like worrying. And then he goes, oh my gosh, what would happen? Like he was like, what am I forgetting? Cause that's what I do before I go on a trip. I have yeah. this piece of paper and all through the week I'm writing down all the stuff that I know I need to pack and, and remember to do. And so one of like, he would be like, oh my gosh, what if I left one of my kids at home? 
what if I left my 10 year old son at home? What would he do? So <laughs> when he came back from the trip, he wrote the script in nine days. Oh, wow. He just banged it out. They filmed from February 1990 to, I believe, May 1990, all around North Shore in the Chicago area. John Hughes had worked with Macaulay Culkin on the film Uncle Buck, and so he knew that he was the one. But um, they were going to have another guy direct the film, but that other guy was directing something else. And he sent the scripts to Christopher Columbus, who at the time had just done Adventures in Babysitting and this other movie called Heartbreak Hotel, which was a complete and total bomb. So he was, you know, a nobody. And John Hughes sent him this script. He sent him two scripts. And Christopher Columbus really liked the Christmas and how funny it was. So he went with this. And, oh, Christopher Columbus was supposed to direct Christmas christmas vacation but he didn't get along with chevy chase who was notoriously hard to get along with um he was like i can't work with him i'm sorry he treats me like dirt so john hughes sent him this script and he was like yeah i'll do it so john hughes he knew he wanted macaulay culkin he was like i think that this is the kid but you know he doesn't want to step on the director's shoes or anything so he just says go out and do what you have to do you know interview you who you have to but of course he knew, like they saw 200 kids, but it was Macaulay Culkin and John Hughes knew that. So that's why he didn't press it or anything. Um, the owners of the house, they were told that it was just going to be four to five weeks that they were shooting and they were going to be put into an apartment. But they were told if they weren't on the premises and they had to knock down a wall or something, they were just going to knock down the wall. So they were told it's a good idea for you to probably remain on the premises. So oh, wow. they stayed and one of they said the master bedroom suite had four rooms. So they just stayed up there with a hot plate. And then they also had access to the food truck. And they had a daughter who was around six at the time and she loved it. She loved just the food oh, truck. That would be so fun. That would be so cool. I wonder yeah. if she, did she get to meet Macaulay Culkin? I assume so, probably. Um, oh, what if they became friends? Maybe. They So they said it was going to be four to five weeks, but they were there for five and a half months. <gasps> yeah. Oh, wow. And Damn. Most of You're the... Like, Shit, I wish I would have taken that hotel now. Well, they, they had the apartment, but they ended up only spending maybe like three nights in the apartment. They just spent the rest of the time living in the that master suite and eating off yeah, the hot plate. That would still the, be cool. Yeah. Um, the interior scenes were shot at New Tier West High School. They had taken over that high school, and they made the sets, and they did a lot of the interiors so that there would be room to do all of the pranks and the pratfalls and the camera and crew and all of that. Yeah. Like you said, the angels with filthy souls... Um, in the shooting script, at the end, Harry and Marv are watching the movie in prison, and they realize when they hear all the dialogue oh, wow. that they're like, oh. Because oh. they kept saying, that that sounds familiar. That voice sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. And when they, they shot the the movie within the movie, they shot it the way that the, they did in the 1940s to give it that look to it as well. And the actor in that was Ralph Foodie. F-O-O-D-Y. Um, there's, as I mentioned before, there's no CGI in it. So all of those stunts are real. 
the they had so much fun with the ADR for the movie. So they used a soldering iron to chicken skin to get the sound of the flesh bubbling and the sizzling. And they used frozen oh. roast beef on the ground for the body hitting. Oh wow! And when Daniel when Daniel Stern had to do his um, scream with the tarantula, he, he I think he maybe did it a couple of times, and then he he was somebody or something came to the suggestion, and he was like, "Do you want me to just do it like a girl?" And so he was like, "Yeah." And so that's <laughs> that's the scream. In okay, when he comes in and, and Adam he, said that, that Adam said that's his vote for best scream in any movie. It's a great uh, scream. It's a great scream. <laughs> it's fantastic, and the reason why they couldn't do it—I think we maybe mentioned it earlier, but you know, Hot Tidy Uncle Nearest hour. So they had the the tarantula. He couldn't really scream because he didn't want to scare the tarantula on his face. So that's why I had to pantomime it, and it's mm-hmm. such a great pantomime. And such a great scream that you had. No- and I laughed when I saw it again because it's hilarious. When he steps on the ornaments with his bare feet, that's uh, candy glass that he's stepping on. So it's not Which real- can still oh, hurt. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he still was yeah. on with his feet. And in Italy, this film is called Mom, comma, I Lost the Plane. Which... <laughs> And in Argentina, did you read that? Oh, sorry. Go well, on. just in Argentina, it's called "Oh, the Poor Angel." <laughs> did you read that this is like a national treasure in Poland? I yes, yes, yes. They show it every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Because something about how the this is like the first Western movie that was shown on tv oh that Poland. makes sense 1990 because that was the so, fall yeah 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 yep so this is like the first western thing that was shown so they're like it's like a classic i mean here too but like it's a classic yeah. everywhere i read that daniel stern was in i think he was in baghdad and he he was just walking ar- around and there were these little Iraqi kids who were like, you know, like doing the lines and and from Home Alone and stuff. And really? Then, yeah. And the, the thing about the movie and why it, it resonates, it resonates with, the, you know, kids, like I mentioned before, and um, everywhere, and especially in kind of impoverished areas, is that it's a kids empowerment movie. He, mm-hmm. you know, he mm-hmm. was scared. But then he took all of his resources and their kids, you know, they don't have toys. They don't get things to play with. You have to make your own toy. So you mm-hmm. take whatever you can and roll it up and that becomes your soccer ball. You make toys out of sticks. Sometimes you make crossbows out of rubber bands and electrical tape. That's what you do. Um, and so it's just this empowerment of this kid who was scared and... But it was like, no, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to stand my ground and fight back. And it's it's like it's the kids die hard. It's a kids action yeah, movie. It is a kids die hard. That's true. Ah, well, anyone else have anything to add to Home Alone 1? <laughs> they, <laughs> no. 
I almost cried in a scene where he saw his mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like when they were like, oh, you didn't like it? No, I did. Oh. <laughs> it just made me so happy because they said hateful things. See, that's the thing. You can mm-hmm. still say hateful yes. things and come back around. Exactly. The thing that really got me was the old man, like when they were in yeah. the church. And also, because I was going to put that as a bad reheatable because, you know, the, Kevin's walking around and he goes into the church and there's all these kids singing, but there's hardly anybody in the audience. And I where are all the kids' parents? The, the parents would at least show up, but that was the rehearsal. Yeah. Because yeah. later, it, that was when the big uh, thing was going to okay. be. And that's and that's why he was there. The uh, Because, you know, he couldn't. He wasn't um, accepted by the family and stuff. And <laughs> when I was doing... Because on Saturdays, since, you know, the world changed. And I haven't left my apartment since March. Um, I was doing my what I call my little house on the prairie chores on Saturday. And I felt like little Kevin McAllister going about all of his, <laughs> his his little checklist. So I was kind of, when I was watching it, I was like, oh man, look at him. He's just, I just, it really struck a chord with me, the whole home alone. And he's, you know, doing the dishes, just, you know, taking care of like, well, this is, this is what it is. So I'm going to take care of it. And he learned how to do the laundry. Did you... Did this inspire you to make me start doing the laundry for the family? Because you saw Home Alone? And <laughs> no, it was the fight for the washing machines that made inspired me to get you to the washing machines before people got home from work. Ah, ingenious, Ma. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just um, how... I just felt like... I, don't know, I just had this moment when I was putting my sheets on yesterday and I was walking and I just pictured little Kevin walking with like the grocery his grocery bags and just being out I and about in the they world broke. <laughs> when they broke because I'm thinking that was a lot of weight for two grocery bags he's like no yeah I felt like little Kevin McCa- like I, I should have had a, a, a thing go for when they dropped off my instacart be like keep the change you filthy animal <laughs> <laughs> I was concerned that um, the the store clerk, the grocery store clerk, was was checking him out, like asking him questions. But nobody else was concerned about this little boy coming into church all by himself on Christmas Eve, or you know, it's like nobody really. Well, he had the great because he had the best thing to shut down the the uh, lady at the clerk. Cause she started asking him all these questions and stuff. And then he was like, mm, yeah, but you know, like, well, what's your address and all this stuff. And he's like, I don't talk to strangers and you're a stranger. Yeah. And it's just like, Ooh, at yeah. least she tried. Yeah. Okay. Well, next week we are doing something I've never heard of from 1954. 1954. Christine, it's a running time of one hour, 38 minutes. Merry Christmas. The name of it is Susan Slept Here. Is this a Christmas film? It, It comes up as a Christmas film. And are we able to see it? 
uh, HBO Max, and we can rent it on iTunes. Susan slept here. Huh. It has um, an, a well-known actress we have not done yet. Do tell. A, a spunky little child, young woman actress. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds is Susan. And uh, she, Susan slept here. Susan slept somewhere. So we're going to find out. Where she slept. We are. We'll see. It's a shot in the dark, people. A shot in the dark. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Gone with the Bushes, Home Alone 1. <laughs> and um, next week, Erin will be with me, and we will be trying to podcast with Christine in New York. Dun dun dun. So there we go. Bye. 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 Bye.